Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. And all month long in August, we're talking about art, artistic August. And, uh, you know, really the role it plays in our lives, but also the role that it plays in uh, people's professions. And my guest today is actually not just a, uh, an artist in many ways, but he's also a friend. And I can't wait to share what he does with you because I have seen it firsthand. It's amazing. And you might be surprised at what can be done. So my guest today is Brian Vanskoy, and he is a third generation jeweler. He's been involved in all aspects of the diamond and jewelry trade for over 25 years. We won't talk about how old he is because, you know, you can probably count. He's probably 30, right? Since he's been doing this since he was five. Because he grew up in the industry, it exposed him to master craftsmen and diamond cutters at a really young age, you know, like two. And some uh, of those people he still has relationships with today. But over the last 25 years, he's been able to learn from old world craftsmen and apply a new twist to an old trade. And I'll tell you, some of the things that he does are really phenomenal because it takes that old world artistry and really pairs it with what's going on today. And let me tell you how he creates most of his jewelry, focusing mainly on bridal, but not only, but he uses a 3D computer aided design software system and it enables him to tailor that perfect piece of custom jewelry exactly to what you want, your own specifications. He creates the design. He uh, lets you see it, you know, in a photo and you say, hey, that looks great, but I don't know how it's going to look on my finger. Then he creates a 3D model for you to actually see how it would look on your finger. And if it looks great, then he makes it. And part of that process is really being able to you know, take something that is unique. You know, you can go and buy a a diamond ring at any jewelry store and it might look like a thousand others, but what Brian can create for you is absolutely just special to you. So Brian, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Michael. It's really exciting to be here. I'm, I'm excited to share what I do with you. Yeah, it's so fun. You know, as I met you um, in the last, you know, couple of years and being able to see what you do. First of all, it was, I know it was really eye-opening to me when you, you know, you're you're like, I'm a jeweler. I create, you know, custom pieces of jewelry. And I'm thinking I've only known jewelers, you know, sitting in the jewelry store. So it's so fun that, you know, you were out and networking and, but able to show people, but this whole idea of really creating something is not only beautiful and unique, but in many cases it's, it's, you know, it's affordable. And it's also a way for people to create something that doesn't exist anywhere that really is heartfelt to them. You know, how did you, how did you start this process from learning from really traditional methods to where you are today? You know, what, what was your journey like? Well, I'll tell you, I, uh, some of my youngest memories. Um, so as you mentioned, I was third generation, um, some of my youngest memories were actually um, literally bumping down the streets um, in, in Belgium, um, traveling with my dad, uh, was a diamond buyer, and his job was to um, sell uh, stones to um, franchises across the country. Um, and, and growing up, 
and uh, knowing some of those diamond cutters to this day who, who, are, who are oddly now retiring. Um, mm -hmm. Again, I'm only 30. So, you know, these guys are pushing 50s. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So, so <laughs> it, it, it's, it, what's great about that is um, I'm doing business now with some of their children. Um, so, so we're working together. Um, anyway, so, so starting, um, you know, hanging out in the back of my, my dad's or family's jewelry store, um, you know, playing with the rings growing up and, and, and carving, you know, wax. Um, I've been able to sort of grow up alongside or within the jewelry industry and seeing how it works in the typical brick and mortar store. And as I got older, what was really important to me was actually dealing with the customer one-on-one -on -one and working with their emotional side of it. Um, and what I mean by that is rather than someone coming in the door and saying, hey, I have this ring, this might fit your budget. I have this ring, what would you like? I'm able to sit down and, and ask questions um, to see what's most important to them. Uh, meaning, you know, different budgets and the design of the ring and perhaps um, what their um, what their profession is or, or the profession of the person who's receiving this piece of jewelry. And then I can sort of apply my expertise in um, what metal is the right strength perhaps for the ring that we're choosing. Um, and, and dealing with them and seeing their eyes light up as what we've been discussing come to life um, is really what hooked me on um, this private jewelry custom sort of boutique jeweler um, scenario. And it's over the last 12 to 15 years, um, it's grown um, alongside technology, which has been, it, it, it's exciting, it's fun. And seeing my customer's response when I present the final piece to them, um, mm -hmm. it, it just it sticks with me. And selfishly, um, <laughs> I love it. And it, it's really great. I think it's fine to say selfishly. I mean, <laughs> that that's what the artistry is all about, right? That you're proud of what you do, but you're even more proud of how you have uh, what you've created for those, you know, the, that couple or those people, you know, how you've taken their wants and needs and made them them in the forefront. And that's that's really being a part of something incredibly special. Yeah, I, I love it. And um, there's one job that sticks out to me recently around uh, the holidays this past year. I had a woman approach me and her mom had recently passed away and left her some of her jewelry. And that's, you know, these days, heirloom pieces um, are becoming, you know, popular. Um, and she, the design the ring was in was an engagement ring. And she said, I don't want to wear this as an engagement ring. I, I have one, but I want to wear this in remembrance of my mom. And so what we did, uh, we removed, removed the center stone, center diamond, which was a marquee, almost like a canoe shaped we were able to sort of rotate it sideways so it wasn't as much of an engagement ring and one thing that really made this job special was i asked her if she had anything with her mom's handwriting and she had an old card with her mom's handwriting on and she was able to send me a picture of it and i was actually able to take her handwriting and trace it exactly and the woman's name was nicole and just take the n that her mom would write with her name and engrave that on the underside of the diamond on, on the metal and you know she was teary-eyed and it was so special and so important to her you know she'll never be able to replace replace her mom but having that keepsake of that memento that symbol there of her really means a lot to me and being able to do that rather than just sell a piece of jewelry but to make something that's more mm -hmm. important to, it's so fulfilling 
Oh gosh, I love that. It's so incredible. It made me smile. It made me look down at my hands. My uh, my grandmother um, passed away quite a long time ago, but um, my grandmother married and outlived three husbands. And if she wouldn't have had cancer and passed away, she would have found a fourth one and married him <laughs> and outlived him. But I have all three of her rings, but I only wear two of them because the third one, uh, that's just too many rings on the finger. But yeah. every day, you know, I look at them and I'm so, it's, you know, when you have a piece that means so much uh, to you that you can keep it and wear it, it's incredible. But I love the fact that she said, hey, I want to wear this, but it can't be exactly the way it, it, it is, or it's not going to feel right. But now you can have the remembrance in a really special way, but it's different. And then it can apply, you know, to you, it's merging the past and the present. It is. And another story, I had a customer who approached me with three different rings. And I will say one issue in the jewelry industry is people thinking perhaps something is not within a budget or mm -hmm. not within their comfortable budget range. And I implore people, whether it's me or someone else, do some research and, and see what the budget is. Instead of having these pieces, whether they're heirloom or just frankly broken pieces from years ago, just sitting in a jewelry box collecting mm -hmm. dust. So, you know, this, this woman brought me these three rings, had a bunch of different sized diamonds, um, different shapes, and it would be tough to sort of put together and, and meld into a, a flowing ring. But what we did, again, some grandmother pieces, a late mom, we took all the diamonds out and created one ring that really flowed super nice. It was more of a cocktail ring than it would look mm -hmm. like an engagement ring. And the feeling of, you know, warmth that she got when she put it on it was just awesome. It's, it's really the best part of my job, remaking these heirloom pieces or meeting with the, the person who's going to be proposing and then talking to the couple afterward and hearing about how it went down. And that's really awesome, actually being able to sort of walk through the process again with the other person and explain how much that their loved one participated in this um, yeah. rather than just sort of picking it out of a box. And I bet that uh, if you watch the, you know, every once in a while, there's somebody on the news that, you know, shows a crazy proposal, like the guy who, uh, you know, decided to take his wife fishing or his, you know, soon to be fiance <laughs> fishing and put it on the thing. And then he pulls it up and it's gone. And, yes. you know, I, I would, does those just make you want to throw up when you watch that? They like do. what? They do. Yes. And um, a side note to this whole jewelry uh, um, industry skit is please ensure your jewelry. Uh, I, I'm, I'm happy to make it again or replicate one that you'd lost, but please ensure it. <laughs> it it's the first okay. thing I tell, tell people when they purchase something of, of substance. Um, it, it's probably less expensive than you expect and rather be safe than sorry. Yes. And make sure you have all the documents on things so that you can prove it when you need to. Cause I had my house robbed many years ago, lost a lot of things. Luckily they were covered by a homeowner's insurance. You can't ever replace them, you know, in terms of the, and I had things that had no value, you know, whatsoever, except for to me, but absolutely it's, it's so important. And people that rent, if you don't have renter's insurance, or if you have renter's insurance and you haven't checked that out, you better be paying attention. <laughs> yes. I do recommend Ryan, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor and we will be right back. Are you tired of the time and expense of going to the salon for a mani-pedi? If so, Color Street is your answer. Base, color, and top coats are blended together in an incredible polished strip that you apply yourself. The result? A brilliant salon quality manicure in just minutes with no dry time, smudges, or streaks. These strips are 100% real nail polish, not stickers. 
They're flexible, can be gently stretched for a perfect fit, and last up to 10 days. I've been using them for months now and love the amazing selection of colors and styles, along with the ability to create my own unique manicure by mixing and matching. Shop today and support our sponsor, Betsy Roberts, by ordering at colorstreet.com backslash B-H Roberts backslash party backslash 209-5611. Again, that's colorstreet.com backslash B-H Roberts backslash party backslash 209-5611. Or simply click the link in our show notes. And we are back with my friend, Brian, and we are talking all things jewelry, which is one of my favorite subjects. As you notice, I'm wearing some lovely earrings for you today. Yes. Uh, I love, uh, these are citrine, which uh, that makes me happy. But of course I like diamonds as well. And I just got thinking, I know that, you know, you and I were discussing and by the time this airs, it won't be a secret, but my son is proposing to his girlfriend this weekend. That's awesome. And yes, uh, we've been waiting for this quite a long time, but I know that when you and I were talking about, you know, maybe working with my son too, before he, you know, did his own thing with whatever he did, you were talking about this truly evolutionary, I think, point in our world where diamonds that are created in the lab are absolutely just as stunning as diamonds that are mined, but with a lot less, uh, you know, peril or negative impact and a lot less cost. Can you talk a little bit about this? Uh, Because I think it's fantastic. And I don't know that a a lot of people think of them because I think we think of, you know, oh, well, if it's a quote unquote fake diamond, it's going to look like a cubic zirconia. And we all know you know, that those can, you know, that, that didn't go over all that well, but talk about this. This is amazing to me. Yeah. I I would say, um, I was skeptical in the beginning, um, manufactured or man-made diamonds have been around. I want to say since the seventies used in industrial manufacturing mainly, and Mm -hmm. the quality of the diamond themselves were not gem quality, meaning they weren't engagement quality, but, um, over the last five to seven years, technology has come a really, really long way. And a lab diamond according to the FTC now, has to be called a diamond because chemically it is identical. Yeah. I mean, listen, some of the most senior gemologists in the world, if you gave them two diamonds side by side and a microscope, they couldn't tell you which one was a lab and which one was uh, a natural. Yeah. So there are people out there thinking, how how do I know what the heck, you know, someone taking, you know, one pulling one over on me. There there are machines out there that actually can test the diamonds and nothing optically, but chemically will tell you uh, whether it's a natural or a man-made diamond. And and the diamonds generally, uh, whether they're natural or lab, are looked at or scrutinized from a laboratory before they even come to my hands. So the color, you know, you don't take my word for it. This is the color and clarity of diamond. Nine times out of 10, the diamonds are, are, you know, graded from a laboratory. So that does come lab report now, but yeah, the the affordability is really amazing. They're about 40% less than the the natural diamonds. And because of the the price difference, usually you can bump up the quality a little bit. So you're getting the value is incredible. They're they're absolutely beautiful. And I think it's, I think it's a way of the future uh, and a sustainable way um, that the diamond industry is going to go for sure. Yeah, you can up the uh, quality. You can also up the size. <laughs> you, yes, absolutely, absolutely. You can go all J Lo on it. <laughs> <laughs> they, speaking of that, they do come in pink. 
and blue and, and you know, these, these lab grown diamonds come in different colors as well, just like natural, which is really incredible and beautiful. Wow. Hey, I don't, I don't know if you heard the story. I'm sure you heard this story too. There's in Washington state, a gentleman who uh, it's taken him five years, it took him five years to mine the gold for yeah. the ring that he's uh, getting his girlfriend or fiance. Cause he did finally ask her. And then he went and mined for the diamond and found the diamond as what, you know, a large diamond as well as some other uh, stones for it. So I'm curious to see what it's going to look like when it's good. Got as am I, as am I, I totally appreciate the effort, but you know, <laughs> Sometimes, it's sometimes little, it's a little too much effort, you know, yeah. uh, I, this, the, I had one customer actually somewhat similarly, they had, they were in Iceland on their honeymoon. They came across a, some sort of volcanic stone. Um, it was about the size of a golf ball. And he approached me last year and for, for their 15th anniversary, he said, I want to do something with this. Um, I approached a couple of local jewelers. They, they said they weren't able to help me. What can we do? to make this something wearable and somehow perhaps into a ring. So I actually had never had this come across my desk before. So I reached out to some of my cutters and one guy was willing to take a shot on it. And um, it, was, it was literally a blackish green rock um, that we were able to cut down into little shapes that were one, specifically 1.3 millimeters each um, diamond shape. So we cut them and they ended up being this sort of frosty green color and wow. they didn't sparkle like diamond, but that was not his interest. Um, right. And we put them into an anniversary band, um, which, you know, but right up against her engagement ring and complimented. And this, so it was volcanic rock, which was similar to a green glass. And wow. uh, we were able to cut it into gem shape, put it in a ring. And uh, it fits perfectly with her and her as an anniversary band fits great with her engagement ring. So that was that was one that was challenging and and certainly paid off, though. It was it was a really cool experience. Oh, how cool. Do you have a picture of that one on your Instagram page? I can share that. Yes. <laughs> OK, good. because <laughs> you have great things on your Instagram page. I love it. Thank so you. that's that's fantastic. Um, and that's. I think that's just really, that's really cool. I mean, just think about those things that mean something that have a real, you know, to him, that was such a great memory of their trip and an exciting find, but what do you do with it? I think, you know, to be able to think through, hey, could we actually turn this into a piece of jewelry that has a lasting memory? That really, that becomes, that's a family heirloom piece that really, really means something. Yeah, I totally agree. Oh, nice. Oh my gosh. Okay. So obviously I could talk to you all day about all things jewelry because I love it. I love it. And, um, well, actually one last thought then too, because I know, um, I know we still haven't done anything, uh, with my little, you know, bag of things, you know, cause you're right. I think over time you collect, you know, rings from, you know, previous relationships or stones sure. or different things that you have. Um, you know, when, if, if people are listening or watching and they go, Hey, I have stuff sitting around, but yeah. I just don't know what to do with it. You know, what are some of the ways, let, let's say it might be a stone, for instance, from a previous marriage, and you don't want to wear that stone like a ring anymore. You want to do something different, but you don't, you know, you, you don't know what all the options are. What can people do? What kind of things can be creative where you can repurpose what you've already got? A great question. Um, so if it were a stone in particular, um, we could remove that stone and put it into a simple pendant. Or, you know, if, if you want to replicate it and, and have two of them make it into a pair of earrings. Um, there's so many different things that we can do with that. I had uh, one customer who 
grandparents passed away, left a very whole, uh, very heavy gold bracelet. And he wanted his daughters to have something from their grandfather who they had not been able to meet. So the, the metal was so heavy, we were able to melt it down with the grandfather's actual uh, gold. And um, I designed and created little necklaces for the granddaughters. And they now have these necklaces with their gold from their grandfather, um, which, is, which is really cool. And we actually took two little diamonds from the, the bracelet had some diamonds in it. We took the diamonds and were able to use those in the necklaces as well. And it, you, you need a fair amount of gold in order to, to, to be able to melt down and reuse it. Um, but it was, uh, it was a great experience. And, and those, those pictures will be on my Facebook as well uh, and Instagram. So if you want to take a look at those, that was, that was a cool project as well. Um, but yeah, if you, you know, if you wanted to share a photo uh, uh, with me and, you know, think about what sort of what can we do um, I love brainstorming and trying to come up with ideas for that stuff. So if you have gold that's, you know, I mean, all maybe all yellow gold or all white gold or whatever, but they're different. I mean, uh, there's different kinds of, you know, yellow gold, different carrots and whatnot. Can you, if you had a bunch of things, can you combine those when you're melting down? I have no idea. Yeah. So you would want to um, stay with the same carrot and the color. So if you have a bunch of 14 carat gold, um, that is something you can melt down. But mixing 14 and 18 carat, um, would create impurities in the ring or, or the piece of jewelry and actually can make it more brittle um, as well as mixing, you know, platinum and gold or, or white gold and yellow. But, um, but yeah, if it's the same care weight and the same color, um, there's probably something we can do with it. I never thought of that. It, all I think of is, and hopefully my mom will not listen to this, uh, this episode, but I remember when she and my dad, and my dad's been gone for almost 20 years. So this was a long time. It was probably 40 years ago. And they had all this gold and they had it all uh, melted down and they had these gold nugget necklaces they made. And I thought they were the ugliest things. They still yes. are the ugliest things. I'm sorry, mom, if you're listening, it's just ugly. But I, I remember those. A lot has come full circle. I'm hoping that one sort of just falls off to the wayside. <laughs> yeah not everything old should be new again true, true. <laughs> i'm sorry mom do not leave me that in the end you know <laughs> now she probably will just despite me but you know it happens well brian i i just i love what you do i've seen what you do i'm really impressed by it but i i love the fact that you are so committed to creating really quality and unique things for people which i know make a difference and we're going to have all your contact information on the show notes but in case somebody wants to look you up right now to check out all the things you've got going on what's the best way for them to reach you yeah the best way would be instagram um brian joseph jewelry um is my uh instagram handle and i love to interact speaking with my customers on there so People can, you know, send me messages and, and check out some of my stuff. Um, I love sharing it. I love it. And before we go, Brian, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice? <laughs> pearls for my <laughs> listeners and viewers? Yeah, you know what? Um, one I mentioned earlier is ensure your jewelry. Um, yes. Absolutely. And whether it's me or um, another jeweler, find someone you can trust and, um, you know, do some research about the four C's. If, it's, if you're looking for a diamond, do some research ahead of time, but let you find that you trust, teach you how to apply that knowledge. Um, it can be overwhelming and difficult to apply. So find someone that you're comfortable with and, and, and go that route. Excellent. Brian, thank you so much for being my guest today. I'm so glad we have the chance to talk about all the great things you do. Me as well. It was a blast. Thanks so much, Michael. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees and sales mixology. 
why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.